Hey, this is Mike Brake, the lead pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. Just want to say thank you so much for stopping by the podcast today. I hope you feel encouraged and I hope you feel inspired today to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Enjoy the message. We said, if God is loving, that was the meme that we had last week. Let's go ahead and put that up there. It was saying, everyone's posting about coronavirus. I'm just over here wondering, where is the God of the Bible and your Jesus. And so we kind of sum that up with this question of if God's loving, then why pain? Why suffering? And this week's meme kind of goes along with that a little bit extra. So this is a little bit tense, all right? This is a little bit raw. It says uh, it's Jesus obviously knocking on the door, um, and it says, let me in. The person says, why? So I can save you from what? From what I'm going to do to you if you don't let me in. All right, so in this series, these are tough tense questions that kind of throw a punch at Christianity, that throw a punch at God. And we've said it's been okay to ask questions. It's okay if you have questions, you're human. It's okay to throw a punch because we think God's big enough to handle it. And so we've been diving through and trying to look at some of these these answers. So this one is if God is loving in a sense, the way I see it, then why, why would a loving God send people to hell? And so I'm really going to kind of zero in. We'll talk about pain and suffering, but we'll also really talk about um, why hell today and, and what is this? And I, and I do believe that hell is real, and I'm going to give you uh, two things, two biblical things that the Bible states about what is hell. So when you're reading about it in, in Scripture, what is it or why does it exist? Two things. One is, and if you're taking notes, you can write this down. If you're not taking notes, you can write this down. Um, hell exists for, for God to deal righteously with Satan. And there's some awesome music that likes to, to play whenever I say Satan. <laughs> okay. Uh, <yeah. laughs> um, then it says in Matthew 25, 41, then the king will turn to those on the left and say, away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devils and his demons, okay? So one thing that it exists for is for for Satan, to deal righteously with them. And so a a lot of us, we have this picture, maybe maybe even outside the realm of Christianity. When we think about um, hell, we kind of think of Satan like in his red cape with the little red horns and he's got the pitchfork, right? And it's kind of like, all right, everybody, when they come on in, they're like, you know, uh, sailors or pirates uh, over in in this direction here, Uh, people who don't wash their hands after going to the bathroom, you're you're going over this way. Dallas Cowboy fans, you kind of are already used to this place, all right? You've experienced the torture, come on in, you've been here for a while. You know, we kind of have this less than view. And I think, I really do believe we have an enemy, Satan, who would love to deceive you that it's not really that bad. That, oh yeah, hell's real, but it's, it's kind of like a party. You know, it's, 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 not, it's not this, this terrible place. And I think he's got a lot of us um, in, that, in that realm. And you would see that a lot of people too who maybe believe in God, who maybe even believe in hell, but it's like, oh, it's not that bad. You know, I'm just, you know, I'm, We'll just go have a party down there instead of here on earth. Hell also exists, second reason, for God to deal righteously with unbelievers. 
It says in uh, 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 1, when the Lord appears from heaven, this is kind of talking about end times, he will come to his mighty angels in a flaming fire, bringing judgment, we'll talk about that in a little bit, bringing judgment on those who, do, who don't know God and on those who refuse to obey the good news of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with eternal destructions, forever separated from the Lord and from His glorious power. So it's going to deal righteously with Satan, but it's also going to deal righteously with unbelievers. And the best way that I can know about like that word, that phrase, forever separated from God, like that, what is hell? It is being separated with God, from God, with absolutely no hope of a relationship whatsoever. And the Bible describes that situation as pure torture and torment, that there is no hope, that it is unending. And it is not this party, but actually something just completely horrific. Anytime the Bible talks about it, it is not a fun place. All right, so I think Satan would love to deceive us in that a little bit. Now, this is the what, and I can realize already through here, like nobody cares. Like in the sense that that's not why we're asking the question. You can give me what is hell and describe it and say it's this terrible place, but it does not change. Why are we asking these questions? It still doesn't kind of solve this problem of, okay, God, you're loving. Why are you sending people to this place? I get it. And so that's what I really want to get at today is not, well, here's the theological one, two, three of hell, because that doesn't help us. And if you're here today and you're skeptical or you're atheist or you've had this question, I'm glad you're here today because we love to ask questions and have a conversation about it. So I really want to talk about um, what this really gets at, this meme or a lot of our questions. Is, it gets to, does God even exist? That's, the bo- that's where we really kind of get to. Does does God exist? Because this does not sit right. And I'm going to tell you, as we go through this, it's not going to bring necessarily any relief to the pain or suffering that you're dealing with here, but it's going to give us a framework so we don't step towards something that we know we can't check the boxes on. We've talked talked about atheism, where that leads to. And we're like, oh, I can't check the boxes on all of that, but I still have these questions. So let's deal with the questions today. We talked about how suffering and evil is not an argument for or against the existence of God. Right? So some have said, well, I see evil, I've experienced suffering, or there's this hell, so there must be no God. And we've, we mentioned last week, that has nothing to do with it. All right? if, I'm, if my kids were to come to you and complain about how awful and terrible I am, you know, that I told them that they couldn't play video games and different things like that, it w- it would not, you would not come to the conclusion that dad doesn't exist. No, I exist. You might have questions about dad and how he treats his kids, but it has nothing to do with the question of whether or not I exist. All right, so when we, when we use this with God, it, it doesn't point out whether or not God exists. It points out that we need a savior. We need a fixer. We need someone to fix the things that we see wrong, and everybody sees something wrong. So that's what we're really, that's what we're getting at. Now, the good news is the God of the Bible, the God of Jesus, when Jesus talked about this, there is a solution to this. There is a solution. So last week we talked about part one, if God is loving. So the first part is we have a loving God. And we, in review last week, we just said, hey, you don't get a loving God without Christianity. 
If you trace, if you trace back to other religions, they, they weren't loving gods. Egyptian gods were not loving. Roman and Greek gods were not this loving god. Local gods that they had, they were not loving. When Jesus pops on the scene, Nicodemus is having a conversation in John chapter 3. Nicodemus has questions. This, I'm so grateful for questions. He leaned in. He, he, he is like, I got to go figure out who this Jesus is. And he has a conversation with him. And he's trying to figure all this stuff out. And Jesus says, for God so loved the world that he gave everything so that we could have a relationship together. This idea originated with Jesus. It did not originate with you or grandma or somebody else. Like, trace it back. If you're rolling with a loving God, if God is loving, if you're rolling with that first part, you're rolling with Christianity. So you just have to acknowledge that from the start. Now, that's not all Jesus said about God. Because someone's like, well, I just want the loving God. I just want a God who is loving, and that's all I want. But that's not all Jesus said. And so you can't just make up your own God. We, if we're going to follow Jesus and roll with that God, we got to see what else he said about this God. And what I'm going to talk about is the word justice. Jesus taught that God is just. So you have a loving God and you have a just God. So when we ask this question about why would he send someone to hell, I'm going to tell you, this is uncomfortable, all right? This is not necessarily a fun topic. It's uncomfortable, but it doesn't mean it's not true. Just because something is uncomfortable doesn't make it false. You can have something that is true and uncomfortable at the same time, all right? So let me give you a little bit of a, a picture and an example to kind of figure out how we're going to break this down. Where do, where do we go with this, all right? So here's a picture I want to show you guys, and it's going to bring up some, some, probably some thoughts and feelings and emotions, all right? So it blows me away that some people in this room were not born when this happened, um, but this, I guess we're running up on 20 years now. Many of you can remember exactly where you were, who was the person that alerted you to what was going on, something was happening. I remember I was in my college dorm room. My roommate's mom called me and said, uh, don't go to any federal buildings right now. And it was just a weird tone and a weird way to start off a phone conversation. I'm like, what are you talking about? And she said, turn on the news. We're under attack. And, and then we just, as, as a, a sophomore in college, I just watched the day unfold, and I remember a lot, of, a, a lot of things that are going on here. Now, for many of us, we would look at this image and look at these pictures, and it brings up emotions and feelings, but more than that, on that day, and in the coming weeks, and months, we, we, we kind of went with this phrase, never forget. Like, many of us were like, this was wrong, this was terrible, who did this? We need to find out, right? But I will also pose to you, I'm not trying to like start a, a war or anything, there were millions and millions and millions of people that also saw this and said justice is served. That, that this was a good thing. How do you determine? Because you had oh, millions and millions of people looking at this saying this was awful, tragic, terrible, horrific. You had millions and millions of people saying this was good. How do you determine? 
How do you determine justice? How do you determine injustice? You need God. With God out of the picture, so, does, so goes injustice. You have, if there is no standard for justice, all right, God's out of the picture, then there, there's no standard for justice. If you're rolling with a godless universe, there is no standard. There's no value. There's no you. We can look at an image like that and hate it all we want, but if we're in a godless universe, there's no way to determine right or wrong. Our only hope is God. So we need justice. Jesus said, God is loving and he is also just. So this is actually a good thing, even though it might be uncomfortable. Justice, justice only happens with God. You did not get justice. Also, you didn't get it from nature. All right, we've been, I've been hammering on this for the past three weeks, trying to help us all out. All right, no God, no morals. No God, no you. You're just cells that keep going. You need a God in order to, to provide these, these things. Stephen Hawking, uh, atheist, he passed away a few years ago, brilliant mind. All right, he says, my only fear is this, the terror that stalks my mind is that we have arrived on the scene because of evolution, because of naturalistic selection. No God, completely random. And the natural selection assumes natural rejection, which means we've arrived here because of our aggression. Basically, everybody for themselves, knowing that natural selection, nature is cruel. It knows of no justice. In fact, Stephen Hawking's been quoted to say that the best thing that humans can do is find another planet, like exit this one, because we're just going to just destroy it and us, and we need to go search out other planets in order for our species to survive. If you want a standard for justice to be able to look at that image and say that was wrong, you need God in your life. And Jesus said this, he said, then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. He's telling stories. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to, to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Jesus comes on the scene and not only says that God is loving, but God is just. He said this in a world in the first century that knew nothing of fairness, that knew nothing of dignity for every human being. He was, he was born in a time when women had no dignity. They had no status. Children, same thing. If you had power, if you had gold, if you had money, like might made right. And if you, it was into this scene, into this, this part, part of history that Jesus was born into this culture, and he says, no, God loves everybody. Everyone has dignity. Everyone has value. And the early Christians who were being persecuted unfairly, like our, our family, the ones who kick-started this thing, who passed it on to the next generation and passed it on to the next generation and passed it on, uh, on to us, our people, Christians, the first ones, they picked up this message of love. They picked up this message of hope. They said, no, 
I know we're not supposed to mix with Gentiles, but that was like Jesus, he didn't say that. He's like, no, this is for everybody. Everyone has dignity. Women have a prominent role now. You see women being, being uh, used in and throughout the scripture. And people, the, the, Christianity was hated because it went to the lower class. It broke the social norms. It was totally different because status was the thing in the day. They were helping lepers. They were helping the sick. They were helping the poor. Why? Because everybody had dignity. Everyone had value. God loved them just as much. Even those that were persecuting them, they said, no, God loves you too. Paul, who wrote half the Bible, was persecuting Christians, and he found this out. He's like, no, this is for everyone. You get it from Christianity. I'm trying to tell you that this is where this, is where this idea that God is love, but he's also just, everyone has dignity, comes, comes from Jesus. Now, I'm going to share you another uncomfortable truth. Justice, God is just, but justice only comes with judgment. All right, now we don't like this. Our culture runs from judgment. Can't judge, don't judge, don't judge, right? So I can kind of feel that, but but follow me here. Go back to the image, go back to the image of of 9-11. When we saw this, and if if you were thought that this was bad and horrific when you saw this, You wanted justice to be served, which meant you needed a judgment. We wanted to find out who did it, and they needed to pay for their crimes. It wasn't enough for for people to to cry foul. To say, oh, well, this is a bad thing. And then we'd be all like, oh, yeah, that's good. They disagree that it's, it's bad. No, we wanted justice to be served, which meant... You needed a verdict to be rendered. You needed judgment to come. And you can think about even in our day, I'm not trying to like start a political frenzy or anything like that. Our world just sees things wrong and they're crying out injustice. And they want something to be done. You, when, when, when something happens to you, you don't just want people to say, oh yeah, that's a, that was a bad thing. I totaled your car on a hit and run and just left. No, you want something to pay for it. You want judgment. I'm guilty, and here's the payment. Well, Jesus says one day judgment will come. There will be judgment that comes. And again, we we don't like this, but this is why the gospel is the perfect narrative. Okay, this is where I want to kind of tie all these things in together. All right, God is loving, God is just. You don't get justice without judgment, all right? And Jesus says, that's co- God is loving, God is just, and judgment is coming. The gospel says, Jesus came. He says, but before I judge, I'll provide a way to save. That's the gospel. Before judgment, I'm going to provide a way to save. Judgment is coming. Judgment is needed but I'm going to provide a savior first, which is why Jesus came. That's the gospel. In John chapter 12, Jesus says, I have come to save the world and not to judge it. Even though the world needs to be judged, 
God knew everyone would sin. You want to know why does hell and or, or why does evil and suffering exist? Well, one is, you know, we talked about last week, God may cause it, maybe Satan causes it. A lot of times we cause it. We have a choice in the matter. We, cho- we, choose. we choose death. Some of us, in a way, like, okay, when you're saved, you're not fully in heaven right now, but you get glimpses of heaven while you're here on earth. I also believe that people get glimpses of hell on earth, and they choose hell. They choose to live in, in, this, in this place of despair, or they choose to live in sin and gossip or torture themselves with certain things, and it's only a glimpse and a picture, which is why a lot of us are crying out, I want to leave and escape this place. Well, we're here right now, and Jesus says, I'm here to save the world, not to judge it. One day he will judge, but before he does, he'll provide a way to save. Now, you might say, I don't like this. I don't like that God would just send people to hell. And all I'm, all I'm introducing here is that maybe, just maybe, justice and dignity and love was introduced by Jesus. And to also say that God has already made his choice. In a way, God's not sending anybody to hell. God's already made his choice. He's chose everybody. He has chosen every single human. In 2 Peter 3.9, it says, He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. He's made his choice, but he's not going to make your choice for you. That's on you. In fact, when, when, when the Bible talks about this judgment day, it talks about how you will be responsible for the choices that you make on this earth. No one's going to get to heaven and be like, that's an unfair judgment. Like you, you no, it's like, this is how you chose to live your life. You've, cho- you've chosen this way. When you, when you hear about, like, demons and they meet Jesus, what are they doing? Not, not one of the demons that you read about when they encounter Jesus are like, this is unfair. You totally got it wrong. I can't believe this. No, everyone's like, this is torture. Like, help me. Like, don't do anything more to me. This is, no one's crying foul saying he's got it wrong. So I... When Jesus talks about this judgment, I don't think anyone's going to get to heaven and say, I think he got that wrong. No, we'll be able to look and be able to say, no, I think he's got it right. But he provided a way to save before he judges, and he's chosen every single one. He's just not going to make the choice for you. Let me, um, I know I'm kind of having difficulty kind of saying this. I wish, would somebody, does somebody happen to have like $100 that they'd be willing to, uh, to, to, to part with? Oh, right back there. Yeah, yeah, like just a hundred bucks, yes? Amazing, absolutely, and it's right there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, um, let's see, 20, 40, 60, 80, 100, all right, all right. Um, all right, so I want to know whose birthday is the closest to today, like in the future. So does anyone have a birthday today? Not today, not today? No, is there a birthday today? No? No? Okay. He's like, I wish it was my birthday today. All right. How about tomorrow? Anybody got a birthday tomorrow? Tomorrow's May 3rd. 
All right, let's just shout it out. Anybody like in the May, May 4th, 31st, 4th? We got three people in the, in the, in the, in the 4th. All right, Blake, I'm going to pick on you. Your son. Oh, is it your? All right, here, I have for your birthday. Come on up. You were actually going to give me $100, but here's. And I, I'm sorry, I don't know your name. Let's give her a round of applause. This, Chris, Chris, well, thank you for coming today. There is zero strings attached, 100%. That's for your birthday. So just enjoy that however you like, all right? You didn't think you were going to come to church today and get $100, I'm sure. But uh, it helps with my illustration, but that's for you. So enjoy. Happy birthday on May 4th. All right. With God choosing us, like my, my son, when it's his birthday, and you give out a gift like that, you didn't have to earn that or, or anything. You just had to receive it. No strings attached. My, my kids... Every single birthday, birthday, even the presents that they necessarily didn't like, oh, they still received it. It would have blown me away if I had given you that, that, that gift and, and, and you would like, no, I absolutely do not want it. Now, some of you guys are wondering about Matt over here. I gave the money to Matt earlier, okay? I said, hey, when I asked for $100, raise your hand, all right? How awesome is that? How easy was that for him to give the $100 away when it wasn't really his in the first place? Right? Which also goes into the lesson of what's in our hand. It didn't come from us. We are created beings. It was God's. When he says, hey, I want you to move in this direction. Hey, I'll give it away. There you go. I'm part of the plan. I'm part of the fun. I'm part of the illustration. Let's go. Why would a loving God send someone to hell? And it's an important question. It's emotional, it's powerful, it's personal. But as your pastor, I've been wrestling with this and trying to think through this. If God is loving, why would we reject him? Here's the gift. Just receive it. It's your birthday. Enjoy. Go ahead. And we say, I've never seen that with my kids. And I want to flip that question just a little bit. If God is loving, why would we reject him? Because he's made a choice. He says, I choose you. I choose you. I choose you. I don't care what you've done. That's why he came, not to judge, but to save. Judgment will come, but he's like, you don't have to worry about the judgment if you would just receive this relationship with me. Nicodemus. I love Nicodemus because he, he, I keep coming back to him because this guy had questions for Jesus. He had questions for God. He's like, i got to figure this guy out. And so in the middle of the night, because he was with the group of people that would be like, oh, man, if they find out I'm talking to Jesus, I'm in trouble. So he sneaks out in the middle of the night, has a conversation with Jesus. Jesus tells him, hey, man, 
If you want a relationship with God, you've got to be born again. You've got to have a, a, a new birthday. And Nicodemus, he's like all of us. He's thinking purely physical. He's just thinking about the circumstances that are in front of him. He's like, I don't understand that. That don't make sense. I got to climb up in my mom's womb again. Like, what are you talking about, Jesus? It's like, and Jesus is like, what are you talking about? Not everything we see is natural. There is something supernatural that is happening that, that you, even though we can't see it, we're not blind to it. As he said, there's a, there's a spiritual birth that needs to take place when we have this relationship, when, when you come in. He says, he says in, in John chapter 3, he says, let me find my notes. I tell you the truth, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You've got to be born again. All of the pain and suffering that we see is not evidence that God doesn't exist. It's all the more when we cry out saying, we need a savior. We need a fixer. This is wrong. And I love that Christianity is, is a place. Jesus is a safe place where we can look at things like that and say, that's wrong. That's evil. That's not okay. Where Christians get tripped up is we like to play judge and executioner, and we are not called to do that. We are called to be lights. We are called to be a hope. Jesus, even Jesus said, I came to save first, then judge. So I, I'm going to bank on him and what he said. He died on the cross and paid for the sins for all of us, for everyone. And then he conquered death. And he says, now, here's your gift. Just receive it. Just receive it. I love you. I receive it. I don't want you to reject that. And I know for a lot of us, we still would sit here and say, nope, I don't like this idea. I don't like this, this God in this hell and this pain. And how would he allow it? And I get that. I understand it. But I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. I think it comes down to this one word, surrender. That's a hard thing to give up. So we're holding on to something. And I get it. I get why we don't. Because, okay, following you, Jesus, now things are uncertain. I don't know what's next. I don't know what my next step is. I, I, I've done all these things. I've said all these things. And now I'm going to follow you. And, and I don't know how to quite handle that. And he's just saying, yeah, just surrender. I'll, I'll guide you. Just have some faith. Ah, oh, that's so hard. For some of us, it's just, it's just straight up pride. I don't want anybody telling me what my next steps are. And I get that too, because I don't want anyone telling me what to do. Surrender. Surrender. So I want to ask us right now, maybe today is your birthday. Maybe today, Jesus is saying, not a physical birthday, spiritual birth, to, re to be reborn, to be born Again, so would you, would you stand and pray with me? Jesus, this morning, I pray that you do what only you can do, which is speak right to people's hearts. Some people, maybe it is their, their birthday today, their spiritual birthday. Maybe for some, it's just like, hey, we need to, to kind of get back in relationship. You've been going and wandering your own path, uncertainty, pride, fear, and you've been 
playing God, trying to do your own thing, and no, 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 let's, let's just journey together here. There's a, there's a gift. You can get a glimpse of heaven walking with me, even through all the chaos. I don't know what you're speaking to people, Jesus, but I pray, open hearts, open minds. Our answer is yes. And in this moment right now, if God's speaking to you and calling you by name, and you know, he's like, yeah, I, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ for the very first time. I, w- I want to surrender my life to him. I'm a sinner. I'm not perfect. I'm not God. He is, and I want a relationship with him. And you want to put your faith and trust in him for the very first time. Would you please just raise your hand, raise it high so I can see it. Amen. Raise your hand so I can see it. I don't, I don't want to call you out or anything. I just want to know who I'm praying with and praying for if you want to give your life to Jesus Christ for the very first time. Amen. Anybody else? Anybody else? Online, you can just put it in the chat or you can message us. You can message us later as well. We'd love to follow up with you. Let's pray this prayer together. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner, but today I ask you to forgive me for all my sin. Jesus, come into my life to be my Lord and my Savior, my forgiver, in the best way I know how. I receive you, and I receive salvation. Thank you for saving me. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Let's give Jesus a round of applause. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.